Hey guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast Season 2, Episode 27. Today's guest, Appy Parishar, is an Australian actor and aspiring director. He is here today to talk about his current and past studies at film school, as well as reaching film festival success with his short film, Across Borders. Hey, Abby, thank you so much for coming on Let Me Talk podcast today. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. How have you been? How's everything in your life since COVID? I feel like we haven't seen each other for a while, so it's yeah. been a long time. No, it's, yeah, it's been a couple of years. I mean, yeah, the last couple of years, I don't think anyone's seen each other. So um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it feels good to just get out and see a human, but yeah just been you know busy still at uni um it's been like six years at this point so pretty much a um, status quo for me that's um, awesome though <laughs> yeah 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 uh, but yeah it's pretty much up to film stuff yeah have you awesome. been good good just hustling trying to get yeah. through life with COVID and still um keep that creativeness going with writing and things like that but yeah yeah it's good it's just I think it's I think COVID I don't know if you agree but I think COVID's given like creatives that are still kind of trying to establish themselves like a lot of time to do all the things that they may have been distracted previously not being able to do it like 100% just because of like side jobs and things like that but I feel like with the isolation it's really although it sucks it's really helped on that side of things yeah it's one of those double-edged swords I guess it's because you get to do you know you get to write you get to sit down and you know um, explore your creativity but then you're also just stuck in you know a house or a room or whatever so you don't get that creative stimulus that you get when you go out so you're sort of just like you know you're writing but based off like memories not necessarily based off you know your current experiences and all like you know you get all that stuff from just you know walking down the street and talking to someone or talking to a mate or having a beer you get that stimulus to go and write so yeah exactly it does give you that time though I definitely agree that you know all those all those hours spent you know working and pre-COVID life um, mm-hmm. all the stimulus from that is very useful and you know I think for writers especially I think it's been a very um very very fruitful time yeah and I think it's allowed people to like prioritize what they actually love versus you know kind of just trying to get through trying to fund and of course it's like important to have money coming in so then you can do like short films and you can fund your own short films and things like that but I think prioritizing it's allowed people to prioritize what they really love and yeah for sure time yeah you don't have that pressure of like oh I gotta go do this in six months or two months or whatever you sort of yeah you like you get to think about what what you love and yeah what you want to prioritize so yeah exactly well we actually start with a rapid fire on the podcast um just to break the ice and get to know you a bit better um so the first one because I know you're an actor as well so the first one is um your favorite actor at the moment or like all-around actor that has inspired you well I mean I think I'll, I'll answer the second one first because that one's very obvious for me. It's uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, like for me, he he's the one that 
uh, sparked that passion for you know just getting into the industry because I started off as an actor then went into film yeah so for me like just watching his stuff from when he was younger and you know just the stories around him that that that's what inspired me to get yeah, into awesome. the industry um, perfect and, and just your favorite actor right now like do you have someone yeah. that you're really enjoying that's at the moment because there's so many I mean I love Joel Edgerton yeah um he's I mean, I, yeah, to me, I mean, the Australian actors coming up now, um, I'm, I think they're of the highest class, like Joel Edgerton, Ben Mendelsohn, mm. and all these amazing actors. But I think right now I would say Joel Edgerton because I think he's doing some very interesting stuff, both as a writer, director, and as an actor. Yeah, beautiful. And favourite director? Oh, this is, that, this, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, it is a hard one. It is. A- <laughs> I'm spending my life just surrounded by different directors all day. So this is all we talk about. Yeah, for the sure. One that I always answer with, especially right now, I think because I have so much time and my whole job is to watch movies, is this guy named Asghar Faradi, yeah. who is an Iranian director. Um, so... You know, I think there's five people that have won uh, two foreign film Oscars and he's one of them. So he's like at that you know, upper echelon of foreign film directors. But his films are just like incredible domestic films, you know, between a um, husband and wife, but they have this thriller aspect to them. So I'll, I would say Asghar Farhadi just because of his, you know, for his mastery of narrative and the... Yeah. That's so interesting that they have like that family dynamic, but then like a thriller kind of vibe um, yeah. mixed into it too. That's so interesting. Yeah, you're always connecting dots. Um, and there's always a secret that someone has that's revealed later. And it's, it keeps you uh, at the edge of your seat, but it's always exploring this deeper sort of domestic family um, drama. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, and then we got drama or comedy. That can be, I guess, what you liked, you prefer to watch. Oh, I feel like I'm one of those, you know, young dark directors that love a drama. Mm-hmm. I love a dark drama, so I'll, I'll go with drama for now. Love that. And blockbuster or indie? I guess it depends. I mean, uh, like there's some blockbusters that are incredible and then there's some indie films that are horrible but then vice versa as well so I mean I, I think it's a case-by-case basis for me awesome awesome um and the last one is when are you most inspired in the morning at 6 a.m but then I'm tired so <laughs> I don't get to explore it um but always after a cup of coffee um for some reason one cup of coffee and i'm good to explore my creativity for an hour or two yeah i love that so an early an early bird yes yes for sure love that okay so that's awesome i really like your answers you did really well thank you thank you so so i kind of just want to get into like the beginnings of everything and like where did you where was like the spark of like your passion for being in this industry like I know you said you started off as an actor and then went into filmmaking so when was like when did you feel that spark and did you or did you kind of just get into it like progressively um I mean it started when I was 16 I was at high school and I was like I mean I had just moved high schools 
and I'd moved to a very academic one or well a lot more than my previous one and I realized I didn't really want to go down that traditional path of like you know every all of my family friends and friends were going down this path of commerce or you know physics or math and it just wasn't interesting to me and at that point I'd started exploring like okay what else can I do and I remember someone saying on some YouTube video that I watched that <laughs> what do you love to do and you know my answer was you know I love watching movies and then the next one was okay find a way to make money off that mm. and I, I started exploring that I didn't really necessarily care about money but I cared about oh this is what I love doing how can I make a career out of it yeah and I remember my cousin was on star now as you know he, he just joined star now so I started searching that up and through that, got into acting. And, you know, anytime I get into anything, I do a deep dive. And that's when I found Brando and all these, you know, amazing actors from the 50s, Ingrid Bergman, mm. James Dean. And like got very interested into the stories behind acting and started, you know, exploring acting through that. But yeah. pretty soon I realized that, you know, there's not a lot of control as an actor. You know, you you give you especially in film you give your performance but then it's edited and you know there's a score behind it and you know you're not controlling that narrative yeah so through that I got interested in film because you know I'd been on these amazing sets as an actor and I saw these you know behind the scenes how incredible the team was and I got interested in that mm. and one day I was just sitting at home searched up film schools and SAE came up yeah and I didn't even plan on joining. My mom literally went to get, go get groceries. <laughs> By the time she got back, I was back at uni. Oh, like my I God. Wow. Them up and I was like, hey, um, I'm just, you know, looking to get some more information on this. And mm-hmm. within five minutes, they were like, okay, cool. So we'll just enroll you in the course. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, sweet. Mom comes back. I'm like, I'm in film school. Um, so through that, you know, it was one of the craziest things within like two three weeks I was you know yeah that's literally actually mine too like I literally just called them up because my friend was like in it already like the bachelor yeah. of film and I like rang up as well and was like oh yeah I'm interested and then they were like well do you want to enroll this and that and it kind of just happened straight away and like my mom got home as well and was like what yeah. the hell <laughs> yeah like, yeah <laughs> I feel like SA just does that there's like anyone who's interested hey come on in which yeah. is great it's great because you get to explore you don't go in with this huge expectation um, yeah. of, you know, this is what I want to do or this or that. Um, but yeah, just got into SAE and then started, you know, directed in that. You remember, do you remember that first semester thing where you write like a 90 second or three minute silent film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that. And the night before the pitches were due, I watched Psycho. Oh, wow. I completely changed my script to like a psycho type script and through directing that I was like oh you know there's you know coming to god moments where you're like oh this is what I want to do for the rest of my life yeah Um, that just that realization like okay like I'm on the right path this is like where I want to go this is what I want to do exactly yeah it's just that feeling of like you know this is it this is like acting was great but this is it um so yeah that's just that's what, how I got into sort of the industry yeah and we're now you're at 
afters. I think yeah. is it afters or afters? I think uh, afters. Yep, afters. Okay. Um, and then and you're so you're in Sydney right now. You're doing that. And how many years is this course? And what are what are like the differences between the course that you did at SAE and this course now? Um. Well, the courses are masters in directing. Um. So I think at SAE. I think any bachelors in general, you're sort of exploring what you could do in the industry. Yeah. Um, so I did everything, you know, I edited cinematography, production design, directing, you know, anything I can get my hands on. I, I tried doing all of it. I even yeah. you know, got a job as a wedding videographer and editor. <laughs> so like I was trying to explore as much as possible. Yeah. And then in this course, it's very it's just directing all you're doing yeah, is yeah. directing directing actors how to work with your cinematographer and all that and i mean it's a you know it's an institution that's been around for i don't know 40 50 years you know jane yeah. campion and warwick thornton and all these amazing directors came through there um and so, so, so yeah you you have this like history and the teaching sort of reflects that yeah they get the best teacher like my head of directing you know directed Kate Blanchett and you know Tony Collette David Wenham that's so cool you know like he's been a feature film director for years and so you get this I think it's just one of those things where it's so specific to directing that they get the best people in and you're just focused on that um so I think the biggest difference is just that it's you know, more focused on something else, like something yeah. rather than a bunch of things. But I feel like that's, I guess what that's what a bachelor's degree like that, like what yeah. we did at SA is kind of designed just to see like what you want to do. Like, so then you can be more focused and you've learned a, like a little bit of each and you can like, and it helps you realize like what you're more focused on and what you want to do yeah yeah i think it's just a difference main difference is like just the difference between masters and bachelors yeah specified learning um for sure yeah and have you found that like doing this now like that this is still something that you're you want to do um like directing like it's 100 percent where you're going in the career like is it kind of just directing and not acting anymore as well like what do you like what is your like kind of thought pattern right now about what you kind of want to do going forward with production I mean like I'm still with my agent and he still (laughs) sends me auditions every now and then but yeah the more I direct the more I learn about it the more directors I watch the more excited I get the more I want to direct the more I want to explore different methods to direct so it's you know it's one of those things that the more I do it the more I want to do it so yeah of course it's very just like you know this is what I'm going to do this is um, the path I'm going to go down and how many years is the like the masters that you're doing now how many years uh, two years. So I'm in my second year now um, and yeah that's pretty much just focused on making a final film yeah yeah are you excited like are you have you started kind of developing the final film or have yeah you just, yeah i was just writing the i was working on the script right before joining 
Oh, uh, awesome. Joining you. So, yeah, I've been very um, sort of tunnel visioned on making this um, making this film. Right now we're in sort of script development and mm-hmm. um, we should go, like we'll probably shoot in May. Yeah. Um, so we're going to pre-production, hopefully Feb, um, have like a script that is, you know, ready to go into pre-production by mid-Feb. Um, so, yeah, no, it's... Um, I'm, very very excited about this one um i think you know i've been excited about everyone just yeah of course yeah and do you like because do they give you like a budget to work on or like do you and like do you have to is it similar to sae where you have to pitch what you've like what you've written and things like that to see if it gets up to be with like well they give you a twenty thousand dollar budget oh my god that's so good that's so good but you also have to pay actors like yeah yeah, of course of course so uh it goes down pretty quick but Mm. um yeah no directors because you're doing a specialized directing thing you are going to direct that's you know that's a guarantee yeah um with the projects um so you know we've been pitching for a year um different types so we've been working with producers and screenwriters uh, for a year and just developing ideas mm-hmm. and, um, we've been through four or five and got deep into development and then just realized it wasn't working so um like it's, it's a sort of sort of a pitch you're always going to direct so you're never pitching too direct like you are like we were at SAE yeah um, you're sort of just pitching your idea and trying to convince the you know hod's that this is the this is as strong as this is the reason i'm making it this is as strong as it can be mm-hmm. um, you're just essentially convincing them that this project is worth it uh, yeah. and like you'll direct something at the end of the day but you know, if you want to direct an idea that you have then you have to pitch that yeah and with the like course itself is there like is there very limited spots yeah, it's uh, so we had six directors. Um, from what I heard, from out of a hundred or more than that, oh wow! Um, so they chose six, but now we've dropped down to four. Just oh my god, I've dropped out and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's quite selective, especially in their cinematography and directing. I think. Yeah. cinematography is the second I one. guess it's more like that is more of a like a niche and um yeah I guess you know it's more I don't know it's a more of a unique kind of course like people it's not as not that it's not popular but it yeah there's like that niche of people yeah. that want to want to do that yeah um and like I don't know I just don't know I personally, I don't know if I would direct yet. Do you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. I guess like it's, I'm more like producer writer vibe, but yeah. Um, yeah, that's so cool that they're, they're like, it's not as not a big class and not a big, there's not a big amount, a lot of amount of people that are doing it. Cause yeah. I guess you get more, like it's easier to focus and get more time to speak yeah. to like the professionals and to learn more from like the, established directors that you're learning from yeah i mean it's it's very it's specialized learning like you are getting the attention yeah you know you need whereas if you know we had a class of 30 it's hard for any teachers like even if you had five 
to get yeah, around yeah. to all the students but you know with a smaller class you're getting focused attention and you know valuable attention um exactly from your from your lecturers awesome well i've kind of like been following you like on instagram and facebook and stuff like that just obviously like seeing everything that you're going through all the shit that i post no it's awesome it's awesome because you get to just see like people that you like went to uni with or whatever at some point like you get to see them doing awesome things and um across borders i believe was your capstone project for sae right yes yes and that has had heaps of success so like tell me all about that process and how you've gotten it from like it just being like your uni like end of end of course um graduating project and like pretty much being massive festival in massive festival success yeah um and what it's about because i know what it's about but i want like the whole audience to know what it's about yeah so it's essentially a story about um this thing that i call i call it the lucky complex that immigrants have um so when immigrants come down um to a different country they they feel lucky and although you know it's a great country to be in that lucky complex can get in the way of conflict so when they are a part of a conflict, they tend to say sorry because you feel lucky to be here. Anyone that was born and raised here, you saw immigrants tend to put them above themselves, put them on a pedestal. Um, So it's essentially exploring that through the story of a father and a daughter. Um, And the fact that, you know, the daughter's grown up here, she's grown up in this, you know, in conflict, but feels that sense of ownership you know that you know she was born and raised here she feels that ownership but the father doesn't so they have this conflict between each other that the daughter wants to deal with the conflict a certain way Mm -hmm. and the father wants to deal with it in peace and just brush it under the rug um and it's exploring that dynamic until you know the conflict that the dad faces with the neighbor reaches a pinnacle Mm -hmm. the daughter calls him out for it and you know, he has to make that decision of like, is he going to continue following this peaceful route that always leads to more conflict? Or is he going to decide to stand up for himself, something that he is not used to, something that scares him? Um, so it's, yeah, it's that story about a father and a daughter coming to terms with their place in the world. Um, yeah. And the and- whole like immigrant kind of like issues that like immigrants face and things like that in yeah. their day to day. Yes, it's just internal conflict that immigrants face. Um, Like, you know, uh, we just screened this at Flickrfest. So Mm -hmm. we had a bunch of different people watching it, you know, from different parts of the world. And the most surprising thing to me was this Englishman who came up to me and said, hey, man, I really related with that. Mm. Because to me, like, you know, an English person is as close to an Australian as you're going to get yeah this person still feels that lucky complex so i think that very much opened up you know my head to that this isn't just like a if you come from a south asian country or an asian country or wherever you come from Mm -hmm. this is just an immigrant story and that extends to anyone yeah um so yeah it's very much a part of this just immigrant life but yeah and it's not specific to any specific culture yeah and did you like what was your like influence kind of to for this film like what was 
what made you want to do this film specifically and make it what it's about? I think it's while we were going down, you know, the script development path, mm-hmm. I just went through, as you know, most films do, a lot of different iterations. Mm-hmm. But we're interested in, interested, I don't know what the word is, interested in. <laughs> <laughs> what interests me about it is um, this, it, it's such a prevalent thing around me that, you know, it wasn't specifically in my immediate family and that my mom and dad did stand up for themselves. Yeah. But it was so prevalent in the, our family, friends, and um, just all the, you know, Melbourne's quite multicultural. So I grew up with a lot yeah, of yes. different immigrant families and it was so prevalent to me but no one talked about it yeah just one of those things that was a part of life and no one outwardly you know explicitly talked about it and I think that's what interested again interests me I don't know what word it is for that but it interests me so much just um (laughs) just the fact that it's so prevalent but no one talks about it um and you know to me it was obvious but to the you know immigrant class that I was talking to, they were like, yeah, I, I completely didn't realize that I had that. Mm. I was like, but it's so prevalent. They're like, yeah, but it was just a part of life. Mm. Um, so that's what you know attracted me to you know and excited me about is that it's something that immigrants don't even necessarily know that they have. It's yeah. only when someone brings it up explicitly that they're like, oh, true, I do feel like that. Yeah. Um, And when someone puts it like in your, in your immediate like view, you're going to be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Like it allows, I guess the, the film allows people that are immigrants to realize, yeah, that's, that's so true. And realize different things that they may have not realized before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think because film is also such a visual medium that, you know, they're seeing you know a conflict that they've probably been in and like just to specify it's not even racism necessarily that this occurs Mm. in you know it's any conflict um whether it's like you know just a shopping center and you get into a conflict immigrants will say sorry straight away even if they're in the right so you know it's not even specific to racism it's just in general day-to-day life it's kind of that thing as well like you don't i feel like as an immigrant um or just knowing, like, knowing some, like, friends with people that are not, like, born, that haven't been born in Australia or whatever, but it's that, it's kind of also that fear a little bit. Like, you have to say sorry even if you're not in the wrong just because yeah. you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to cause anything just to, just in case it jeopardises, like, your life in that in that country yeah. that you've moved in, you know? Like, I mean, I don't know about you, but even, like, my grandparents like they moved from Greece to Australia and like back then, like in those days, it would have been so much harder just to fit in even with the culture and to, you know, because some Australians like can be quite abrupt and I'm going to say it, like they can be racist. Um, And, you know, you don't want to have that conflict because you just don't know, you don't, that you know, they're not citizens of the country yet, which means they don't have that privilege to just get into a fight or to yeah. say to someone, well, I'm in the right because you you constantly feel like you're a little bit on edge. And I feel like back back then it would have been maybe more prevalent. Yeah, for sure. Feel like that. 
Especially- and not that it's about racism necessarily. It's just yeah. about being having that fear a little bit that you don't want to cause any issues. Yeah, I mean, if you're not a citizen, especially, um, it's even scarier because you're like, can I get deported? Yeah, you know, exactly. This is their country, like, yeah. I feel like there's also thinking that this is their country, so I've got to play by, by their rules. Mm-hmm. But morality or values doesn't change with borders. Like, if you're being, if there's an injustice that's, you know, been done to you, it doesn't change if you're in Australia. It's still an injustice. Um, exactly. Isn't, you know, it's not talked about enough that, you know, people's value systems change mm-hmm. and they're willing to accept a, a lot more shit from people who are born in that country or natives to that country. Exactly. Um, yeah. I think it's important. It's an important p- uh, film that people should watch, even if you're not an immigrant, because you can understand, yeah. you can start to maybe understand what they go through and that they've like they've yes they've chosen to move to a different country a hundred percent but some people don't choose some people like have to leave their countries you know yeah and they don't they don't choose that which means they're already like overwhelmed and scared and things like that and I just feel like it's an important film because like if if there's one extra person or it reaches a hundred people that are citizens of their own country and they realize, okay, maybe I can, there's something I can change in what I'm doing and it can make that difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you know, that's, it's one of those things that I think I'm probably proudest about is that, you know, and it's sad that people can relate to it, but you know, it's something that, hopefully they don't have to relate to for too long yeah exactly so with like Flickrfest is have you applied to other film festivals for it as well and um because I know Flickrfest is probably one of the higher like success film festivals that you had yeah um and like how did you just so like maybe people are at uni and things like that at the moment doing what you're doing how did you kind of handle and kind of pick your festivals that you were going to put the film in Uh, well i mean yeah uh so i think festivals is a specific science in of itself because you know certain festivals like certain you know types of films um so for us like you know we applied to Flickrfest, also saint kilda for next year um but then a lot of international ones because this is such a you know immigrant story you know we applied to a a few Indian ones that we were lucky enough to get into Canadian ones American ones um because you know there's a lot of there's a big immigrant population there so I think there's a science behind like where you're where you're submitting um and just seeing the demographic and how does that relate to your film um so yeah you know we've we've screened in Canada and um, America as well and those places have huge immigrant um, immigrant yeah. populations um, and, but yeah, I mean for me like I, I don't think I could give anyone too much advice on that just because I am so I'm a rookie at it you know I, I made rookie mistakes you know submitted to festivals yeah. 
Have. But you have actually, you've had success, but that yeah. also, and that's also important to note that you're still learning and yes. yeah, you're that's not, a, that's why, you know, this, like I get people like you on the podcast because it's, you're still learning and you're still yeah. in this and there's someone that's going to be listening as well. That's literally probably in the same position that you're in and they, they, they want to take advice from you, even if yeah. it's about what you, the films that you've made and things like that, because I feel like it's important to write what you know and do what and like tell your stories and yeah. and then you know yeah like venture out and do other like different stories that maybe it's not like necessarily like personal to you or what you know particularly but um yeah yeah and with yeah. film festivals like you know I don't think there's I mean there's probably established directors that are like fully like great at submitting their films and yeah. things like that but it's just yeah it's important that you speak to people that are on like just their beginnings in like submitting yeah. to film festivals and things like that yeah I mean that's the one thing I'd say about this film is that for me you know I think the message is the strongest that as a director you know I there's a lot of flaws I see in it mm-hmm. and that's the best thing about it um is that you know it was my first you know film so if anyone's listening and struggling with the fact that you know they don't have a mastery of the craft that's the best place to be Mm. um because you're learning so much you can't expect to have a mastery of the craft like when i watch watch back i'm seeing you know flaws in dialogue flaws in story flaws in screen Mm. language and you know for the film to do as well as it has with those flaws it's more exciting for me because what can I do with the next film? What can I do with the next film? Now that I've learned these lessons, the next film is going to be better and the film after that will be better. So, you know, for anyone who sees their films and is like, you know, it's their first film or their second film and they're like, man, I see so many mistakes. Mm. That's the best thing because your next film will be better for those mistakes. Yeah. And you know, with this, that's, that's what I feel. You know, it's, I see a lot of different uh, mistakes and I'm better off for it, you know. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah. Yeah. And leading into like your next film, you um are doing or have I, I don't don't really know because it hasn't doesn't say it on IMDb correctly. I don't know, but um yeah. it's on me 2021. Have is yeah. that the film that you did with afters? No, no, no. So that's an SAE film. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't too much about. I was just a co-producer. Yeah. On that, um, that's that's a friend's film, Samid. Um, yeah, that that was um, I think a year before I graduated. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. it says twenty twenty one, and I wasn't like a hundred percent sure on your timeline on when you yeah. um graduated from SAE. So I was like, is it an yeah. afters afters film? No, that no, um, yeah. I think they've just finished it recently. Yeah. That's why it says 2021. But yeah, okay, we should have cool. Well, I mean, let's just what was it like being a co-producer rather than like a director? Oh, producing's tough. Producing is tough. I mean, all the respect to you and all the other producers out there. Yeah. For me, it is like I struggle because I think, you know, maybe I think I'll do okay, like enjoy creative producing more, but yeah. logistical producing for me is just too. It's too much paperwork and not enough. Like I don't get enough out of it creatively. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, like I, 
I've produced a few things in the past. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think it's, it's just one of those things that it, it's, I always look for the best producer because I yeah. know that's the part that I will struggle at the most. So, yeah, you know, they need to have a grasp on that. So, but it's one of the best experiences because you do learn that about yourself. You do learn what you want. Exactly. Um, and I think that's what film school is all about. Yeah. It's like, you just you you learn you can learn a bunch of different things and then really um hone in on what you want to do because like you know if you don't like something like certain position or what like you're just not going to do it and you're going to focus in on what you want to do and then get people that are really good on your team and on your crew at the other roles so at the end of the day you're 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 putting in the best people in your film that can help the film um, just flourish and go yeah. do really well. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's important to know what you don't like and what you do, what you do struggle with. Um, just so, you know, if you are in a position to pick your team, you know what you want out of them and why you want that. And now you have a little bit of knowledge on it too, though. So then you're not no. completely like, in the no, in the yeah. unknown of like what what a producer like yeah well then like that. it's also that you know I, I don't ask something from them that you know I know they can't do or I don't know like the more I know about it the more accurate and effective my questions can be because exactly. I know what's in there you know and in, in their grasp and all that so you know that's another big thing from film school if you do everything and if you do want to direct especially um, you'll know what you can and can't ask of someone. Yeah. Um, like you can't ask a production designer to build you a set. Yeah. Like $400, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know what goes into that job and you know what questions you should be asking and what you shouldn't. Definitely, definitely. Well, we've actually reached the end of the episode and in amazing every um end of episode we do a raising awareness section um which is super important just because i feel like you know there's a lot of takeaways from an episode and um raising awareness to something can really help someone out there that um might not know on about certain things um and they might get educated on it and it might just you know change it just it will reach a lot of people and I think it's important to um, start conversations on what people would like to raise awareness to. So uh, what were you raising awareness to today? Um, I think I have, you know, two things. Not One of them is more of a holistic thing. One's quite specific. So the specific one is um, there's this woman called Jitinder Kaur mm-hmm. who is a, um, she helps with Indian or immigrant domestic violence um i think because you know my next film is about this experience for immigrants um i just want to i would want to raise awareness about the difference in domestic violence for different cultures um so she runs something called the sahara house Mm -hmm. um which is for you know indian women that struggle with you know domestic violence um i think domestic violence in australia is very well covered but mm-hmm. with the Indian community, it changes because there's a huge stigma around women 
who get divorced who leave or who leave their husbands so yeah. you know, the divorce rate in india is two percent compared to like 30 to 50 percent in australia wow um so just you know i'm raising awareness on the subject in general in terms of you know culturally it's different you know yeah. you can't expect to just tell an indian woman to leave mm-hmm. just because of the backlash and the cultural you know cultural tendencies or the perception of women in those cultures so yeah yeah just raising awareness for how different cultures deal with domestic violence and you know through the sahara house yeah um and then the second thing is just you know what i always say to everyone is you know there's a lot of different um different worlds out there different um fights that are happening you know for feminism for you know anti-homophobia and all that stuff and to i think i think they get separated too much Mm -hmm. the one thing that brings them together is just empathy and kindness because if you're empathetic you'll understand how much how hard it is for women how hard it is for gay people how hard it is for transgender people um so just be going with that one thing of like if every day you wake up like i'm going to be a little bit more empathetic mm. i think you're fighting all of those problems at once um so yeah i think that's the last thing i would want to end off with is go out there with empathy exactly that's so important and i feel like yeah it's yeah it's so important to just have empathy for everyone yeah. and just to know that like you could be walking past someone on the street or you could be being you could be served by someone in a cafe and you know they might not necessarily be nice or polite or whatever but you just you just don't know what other people are going through and I feel like it's important to realize that and know that you wouldn't want anyone to give you a hard time if you were going through a really bad spot and like you might not have been your best self that day or yeah. that week and yeah so i think you just you have to lead with empathy yeah i mean statistically you're probably walking past someone who's having the worst day of their life exactly so yeah just yeah empathy understanding them definitely thank you so much for coming on and i wish you the best of luck with the rest of your course um and the rest of just like your career i'm sure we can bring you on back again when yeah. once you make more films and just more and you have more success because that's awesome and um yeah congratulations on everything with flicker fest and the film festivals because it's it's awesome just to see like you having so much success thank you so much and thank you for having me it's been a great chat no worries bye bye thank you for listening to this podcast you can find us on whatever podcast platform you use and whilst you're there please leave us a comment review and subscribe to us on apple Thank you.